Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Double Exposure Podcast, Both Sides of Photography. I'm your host, Zaire. Welcome back. This is the third episode. Sorry for the delay. Not really sorry because you're not paying for it, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm here with a great friend of mine. I've known him for over 10 years. What's up? Mr. Brandon James is in the building, a.k.a. Well, not a.k.a. He's just the founder and creator of C2R Productions. Welcome to the podcast, my brother. I appreciate you inviting me here, man, and uh, humbled to be on it. Hey, man, you know, conversations are important, especially when it comes to business of photography. So I appreciate your time. Definitely. Um, just to start off, just let them know who you are and what made you pick up a camera and things of that nature. Man, uh, who am I? That's a good question. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm a videographer. Um, to kind of just say it bluntly, but I do consider myself a creator, um, a visual artist, and just kind of an entrepreneur. That's how I, I brand myself, in my mind at least. Hopefully people see see me as that as well, right. <laughs> you know. Um, but how I picked up a camera was, I mean, you remember, we uh, did this documentary <laughs> in high school. 12th grade. I knew he was going to probably talk about this. <laughs> of course. But, uh, <laughs> you might as well go into it. Go yeah. into it right now. So in our English class, man, we uh, we we were either we could either do like an essay or we can do a documentary. And we decided to do one, and I believe it was called One Sound. Indeed. And uh, my mom just had this, this old camcorder, and I picked it up, and I was like, well, I'm not trying to do an essay, so... I guess we can use this little editing software on our old little Windows. Uh, Windows Media Player. Yeah, <laughs> Windows Media Player, where it was just one layer of editing, and it was terrible. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I put the camera up, and Zaire was actually my first interview. Crazy. So it's crazy how that kind of comes around. Full and circle, man. Like, just how how that was when I really started to realize, like, oh, yeah, this kind of comes easy. I didn't really knew that I liked it up until I finished the edit. And right. it was about, like, a like a 15 to 17-minute edit. And <laughs> we, we kind of got in trouble about it because it, it <laughs> was... A limit? So, was, yeah. I mean, it was some content in there that, no, <laughs> that they were like, so oh, what? I was like, whatever. <laughs> we're seniors to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, we're seniors to deal with it, right. you know. But all in all, I saw that I didn't really seek out help for it and it came out pretty well of course when i look at it now it sucks trash but uh, <laughs> you know uh through that whole experience i kind of gained that whole um concept of or not even concept it, i gained the 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 passion to be able to create. produce and create and deliver messages for people to watch right and that and that's a Crazy because, of course, I was going to bring it up. Me and Brandon went to a high school together, class of 2008. 
which is crazy because that's around the same time that I picked up a camera and took it seriously as well with that, uh, not with that project, but after we graduated is when I started 2008. So shout out to the class of 2008. This is our 10 year anniversary, by Got the way. Got <laughs> It's crazy to feel like old, like, you know, you're feeling old. And anyway, never mind that. But <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we work together now. We shoot a lot. Well, we used to shoot a lot of weddings. Brandon doesn't shoot weddings anymore, so <laughs> I shoot a lot of weddings now. There's, there's a method to that. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> but in high school was when uh, we both started our career, so we're almost coming up on 10 years in the game now, and I feel like we're both still students, still learning, still um, youthful in the field of our careers, but yeah. we're both entrepreneurs, and uh, we have no bosses, so we we create with people. We create for people, but nobody owns us. Nobody tells us when to clock in. Nobody tells us what to do other than for projects and things of that nature. So, salute to us for that. (laughs) Because it's not easy, and I don't want anybody to think it is easy. So, uh, segueing into another topic, success is a very relative word. Like, some people see success as free time. Some people see success as a certain amount of money. And others just think freedom is success. I recently contacted you about your social media. Well, not even social media, just your Instagram. Because I know the amount of great work that you do. I know the quality of your work. But it wasn't being shown on your Instagram feed. So <laughs> I had to hit you. I was like, bro, post something, please. Because you post a lot of behind-the-scenes pictures, behind-the-scenes videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But never the final product. So that got irritated to me. (laughs) Irritating to me because I'm a fan. So I was like, man, show people what I know. But in the same token, I had to step back and look at it like he doesn't need Instagram to be successful. He doesn't need to post everything or every video that he finishes for a client to show people what he's capable of because he knows he's capable of it. So can you talk about actually being successful and Versus looking successful on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, first of all, thank you for that <laughs> feedback. I think us as creators, we need to always look at ourselves and when people that we definitely respect, um, and sometimes people that we <laughs> kind of don't respect, <laughs> right. will give us good feedback, right? right? And and for my Instagram, um, I post a lot of BTS photos, right? So I post like a lot of stuff would be on on the camera or behind the camera and all my jobs. Um, and then I would, you know, get a relative response. People would like the stuff, but most of the stuff was going through my story. I would just talk a lot and talk a lot. And sometimes I would get irritated with myself, but that's another story. Right. Um, to get to your question, I think that for me, I always looked at getting jobs as being something that was more about my network, not necessarily the client. And what I mean by that is I feel like there's three factors that I consider when I build my network, which builds my clientele, right? So the first one is all the clients that just come to me, right? So all of the direct client relationships that I have with individuals um, or companies or, or brands or whatever it is, just that that real basic form of, hey, you contacted me to do a service for you, a video service, I'll do it for you. The other one, um, which is two of three, is to work with other creatives. 
uh, whether it's photographers, videographers, graphic designers. Um, I always try to find opportunities for other people because I know that, you know, the good ones or the people that you work with will bring them back in return. So you're everybody's eating in right. the long run. The third and final one is to contact like PR companies or, or marketing companies or of the like where you're actually kind of um, doing stuff for their clients. So they're kind of like the catalyst between you and the client. You don't really have to do none of the admin stuff but they're just paying you for your services to complete a larger project for them. So when I have all those three things, my own clients, um, working with creatives and then working with marketing or PR companies, I try to make those work with each other. So when you, in my mind, when I'm mobilizing that and focusing on that, how do I get better relationships with creatives? How do I do better work for these PR companies? How do I do better work for my clients? How do I bring those creatives to come work with me, with those clients? That all kind of organically gives me more clients. And I, I realized that um, just kind of naturally. Right. And, um, you know, I, I'll get people to hit me up that is within my network and my DM, like, hey, man, like, I got this new thing coming on or I got this new project, but I, I might have given them a project or, you know, something that's happened from that. So I'm, I'm very network focused um, and just building that. And the, the beauty behind that is that anybody who I bring within my network usually brings great clients. Right. And so all of my clients I've been blessed with have been phenomenal. They've been re reoccurring, or even if they're one-offs, I've had really great positive um, experiences. So when I look at my network, it's like I protect that, but I grow it. And with that growth, I bring in great clients. Right. So basically what you're saying is it's more beneficial as a creative to have a hundred solid people who are actually networking and bringing you business than to have a hundred thousand followers who just looking like basically oh yeah okay <laughs> but i mean a hundred thousand followers yeah there's nothing nice. wrong with it but it's more <laughs> but, more eyes yeah the more potential clients but to have a yeah. hundred solid clients is always better than a hundred thousand potential clients exactly right? yeah definitely um and one thing you said um about pr um i think every photographer or videographer or creative in general should know at least one pr person because uh, PR companies and uh, publicists always need content. Yep. Always, always, always. Whether it's for their uh, a brand they're working with, a actor that needs headshots. If it's an artist, they always need video content or photos for a flyer or for this banner or things of that nature. So it would behoove um, any creative to at least know one PR person just to keep a flow of clients or projects not even clients just keep you busy and keep you on your toes and make sure you're uh, sharpening your skills yeah definitely my next question to you is um what is one of the best investments you've ever made that wasn't on equipment man not not a cat not gear but an investment it could have been uh i don't know a website storage package it could be um, um. So, if we're talking about um, a, t a tangible thing, but not camera okay. equipment, yeah, a yeah, tangible yeah. thing, but not camera equipment. Tangible, um, as far as a web service, um, 
I use this this service called Screenlight Screenlight.tv, um, and it's spelled out how it sounds. Right. Um, nothing creative there, <laughs> <laughs> but in a sense, this platform allows me to be able to upload videos and actually have a very efficient way to talk to my clients and get feedback by the frame on videos and then they could I could replace those assets and then they can download them and that's actually helped me scale my business and be able to do more work because I it frees me from email and then it also because these individuals could create accounts or get hyperlinks to be able to see the videos and their live links yeah. but then it also um, gives me an edge over other creators and this isn't sponsored by Screenlight. I'm sure is not but if you would like to send that <laughs> check I mean? please do <laughs> but uh it, it, just, just keep it short because they ain't paying me and i'm paying <laughs> them um the the ability to be able to look to stand out from other individuals because clients work with me i know for sure because I have that solution, because I know other videographers are sending Vimeo links or they're sending YouTube links. Right. And, you know, it, oh, they're like, oh, it's private or it's unlisted. It's like, but it's still on a big, massive platform. Right. But they feel a little bit more of an intimate experience and they feel the security of having something that's personalized and branded within my content. So they don't know that it's Screenlight. Right. They just think that it's a platform that I built. Um, so, you know, just... I, I try to look in the value of anything outside of equipment that I purchase towards my business. It has to give value um, to get more jobs. Right. And I think that really does give me that. Right. And then the same, I'm going to give my free plug since we are sharing those. Uh, similar to the website you use, I use Pixie Set for my photos and distribution to my clients because it's simple and it's gets my pictures to them faster they can print download uh share favorite them all in one spot and it's pixie set p-i-x-i-e-s-e-t dot com free plug no more free plugs <laughs> after that <laughs> but not, yeah if you're a photographer <laughs> and you need a website you hate using dropbox you hate using Flickr and stuff like that pixieset.com is definitely what you should use okay going back to the school aspect of being a videographer. You went to UC Santa Barbara, correct? Yeah, man. A- attended and graduated. Gaucho for life. <laughs> so speak a little bit about how that experience was being a videographer in college and afterwards. Man, it was it was incredible. Um, it really kind of came through probably in my junior year. So like my. my 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 freshman and sophomore year, I was just really involved on campus, being the president of the of the um, of my dormitory, and then I was a resident assistant throughout. So my sophomore, junior, senior year, I had free housing and everything. So I didn't really have to have a traditional job, which freed me up to be able to do pretty much what I wanted to um, outside of you know getting good grades and doing all that stuff. What you're supposed to be doing at college, right? Supposed to be. Supposed right? to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it came my junior year. Me and my friend, we created this video. It was uh, Library. It's called Library. And you remember that song, Cat Daddy, right? Of course. So it was like, Library, Library, <laughs> Library. I ain't trying to study. And it was a hit, man. Like, I'm serious, dude. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. 
Uh, so we made this music video for it, right? I think we was using GarageBand too, man. It was crazy. Like we, we made the song, and uh, you know, we had a couple of folks that we that we were cool with to be in it, and um, we filmed a music video in the library. I didn't have a camera. All I had was my my 2009 or 10 or 11. I forgot what it was. My MacBook, and we had a webcam, man. And uh, no, actually, I had I had one of my friend's cameras, and I didn't charge the batteries. Yeah, I was an amateur. <laughs> so we was like, forget it, man. Let's just do let's just do it with the webcam. Right. And man, when I tell you that's one of my favorite videos, it's my first video of really doing something for social media, and it was like a hit. People were like, oh, what you film that with? And I'm like, the the, the computer. <laughs> They're like, what? And I'm like, we're going through the library, just talking to people and, and just making it all fun. And then I did it as a joke and sent it to the UCSB library and said, yo, y'all should put this on your website. And they did it. <laughs> a video about not trying to study was on the UCSB website. And then we would go out and for at least a week or so, it was we went a little bit viral on campus, and you heard the song like at some parties. It was hilarious. <laughs> like so, it, that gave me a lot of confidence, right? And um, long story short, it 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 built it it gave me the the confidence and the necessary um, uh, support because everyone was like, "Oh, when's your next video?" So we just kept making creative videos. We create this whole organization called Just Kicking It. <laughs> and, you know, me and my boy Glenn just doing videos. And then I created C2R overseas. Um, quick story, when I was overseas um, in London, I was at this club and I was studying abroad. And this, this girl, I wish I could remember her name because this is really where C2R started. She was giving me a lot of heat about America's not... Americans not knowing what they want to do in life. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? I'm going to be a videographer. She was like, yeah, but what does that mean? And I was like, I create to relate, yo. And everybody's like, oh. <laughs> like it was a battle. Yeah. A rap battle. And she was like, oh, okay. All right. Okay. And her, you know, her, her UK voice, you know, whatever, right. whatever the proper term of that is. <laughs> UK voice. I'm not trying to disrespect She's a London blonde. She sounds like a dad. Yeah. So she, she gave me props on that. And literally, man. I left the club because I felt so alive. I was like, "Yo, create to relate. What is that? That's 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 it. That's right. that's that that's what it is." Because I was trying to figure out what a name would be for my professional company. Right. I saw that it wasn't taken. I, I got up on that createtorelate.com. Still have it, and then it kind of grew into C2R Productions because I just feel like that's a little bit more sophisticated. But at the heart of it, C2R Productions is create to relate. And what I did in on campus, I made over 150 videos in my junior year when I came back. And then I made about 100 or so because, you know, I'm graduating my senior year. But it was still just a lot of work, a lot of free work, and, and then a lot of paid work towards the end. And my whole concept was, I'm going to create to relate. Every single video that I've done to this day, my grandma can see it. Right. She can watch it. Right. And I hope that as a, I hope that as a value, um, which led to me going full-time freelance. Dope. And you've been full-time freelance for how long now? I've been full-time freelance for about a year and almost two years. So it's been about a year and seven months. And what how that kind of resulted was, um, you know, I was just doing a lot of weddings on the weekends. Hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when I graduated UC Santa Barbara, 
I was a video communications coordinator at UC Santa Barbara. Um, I created the position online. I mean, created the position um, on campus because I was doing all their videos anyway. So I was like, you might as well give me benefits right. and put me on. And, and then now, shoot, you don't have to, you know, pay me by the project anymore. And you'll save money and I'll make money. So Thanks. we did that. So I did that for about two and a half, three years. And then things just started becoming very... Um, cycled and robotic yeah i'm just doing the same type of projects and don't get me wrong that was one of the best experiences of my life because it taught me how to do this professionally and i had to learn on my own because nobody else was doing it it was a new position that i created with the help of some ucsb um staff and execs um so we built a studio i learned about budgeting i learned about customer service i learned about um, managing a team i had 27 students under me um, and all that was going well. And then I was just like, oh, no, I need to, I need to challenge myself. I need to get out of here. I, I know that I do good work and I see people out here doing their freelance thing. And Zaire was actually one of the individuals that I would look to like, yo man, he's doing this full time, you know? And so long story short, you know, I was out, out and about, I met this guy named Ken Franklin. Hey, um, shout out Ken. Right? Right, shout out to ugly bro. <laughs> he ain't gonna he ain't gonna listen to this. He gonna listen. Anyway. He tweeted me today asking when the next episode. Was. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you want to rush me now? You get this shout out, ugly yeah. boy. Anyway, <laughs> we, yeah. But so I met Ken at this at this party. At some so I think it was Hollywood or downtown. I forgot where it was, but I was like, yo man, y'all do video. He's like, yeah, blah blah blah. So he told me about this deaf or all deaf digital experience. Or um, comedy show, oh, comedy line, yeah, yeah, that I could come out and, and help him out, and he, I could check it out and see what he's doing. So I drove down from Santa Barbara, man, and, and just came to LA, um, and you know I checked it out the first week, and then I think he couldn't make it one week, so I came, and um, lo and behold, small world. Zaire's doing photography for there too. You Facts. Know? You see so. me out here, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> we no, I'm out kidding. there, right? I'm kidding. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm in there just looking at these two cats like, man, like, I gotta go back home. I gotta go travel eighty eight miles. I remember exact my every eighty eight miles every Wednesday back and forth because I just wanted to be in that environment of, of that full time. I wanted to soak it all in. I wanted it as bad as you know, I wanted to breathe. It was like, yo, I, this is a long trip, but it's gonna get me prepared to be able to understand and realize what it means to be a freelancer. So with those two guys working with them for you know a couple of months, with that type of thing, I was preparing myself to go into that freelance world. And um, you know, I always say that it's 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 never easy, but it's always accessible right. if you if you get if you get if you put yourself in the right circumstance and, and you just work hard, um, you know, and somebody told me when I when I gave my 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 written notice, like, hey, I'm gone in a month. I gave him a month's notice <laughs> uh, and uh, they told me, they said, look, man, the harder you work, the more luck you're going to have. And I was like, man. So I took that and I took it in strides. And from that day forward, when I left the university, and I had a couple of months saved up. I was like, I'm going to do this. And nobody's going to stop me. I got my weekdays free now. I'm still doing weddings. 
on the weekends. So that's going to keep me afloat a little bit, but I need to get this weekend. I mean, this weekday money. So that's how it started, man. Just, just being around other people who are doing it and, and having the desire to do it on my own. Perfect. Perfect. Great segue into get around people who are doing what you want to do. No matter, no matter what you have to do, don't, be hesitant. It, it may feel awkward. You may feel uncomfortable, but you for for the great greaterness of you as a human, not even just a creative. You have to get around people who are doing what you want to do. Um, similar to your um, story, I was working at Islands Islands Burgers for about three years. Three years, and there's only so far you can go in that job. Whether mm-hmm. you're going to be a host, then you're going to be a uh, back server and then takeout and then a server and then from server you're gonna start going into bartending and then management. So I was a uh, server for almost a year, maybe a year and some change, and then one day it was it just hit me. I was like, I'm I'm done here. There's 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 nothing else for me to do here. I don't want to become a bartender. I'm not going to be in corporate. And on top of that, I was missing a lot of opportunities. Because I had to go to work because that type of job is not the job you can just call off like somebody has to cover your shift. So I would get calls from Jado or be like, yeah, me and Buster Rhymes were doing a video today come through. And I'm like, I can't. Eric Bellinger would call me and, oh, I'm doing blah, blah, blah. I can't. I'm, I'm working and blah, blah, blah. So that I got tired of that because I know that's what I want to do. Like, I know I have bills, but there's nothing too crazy out there to where I can't survive if I don't work at islands. Like it, the money was good, of course, but there, there's just something in me that's like, okay, I, I'm done here. I'm done here. And there's no better feeling than growth. So I'm, I'm gone. I, there's nothing I can do. So if you, if you're feeling that tug on your heart, on your creativity, like you need to move, you need to shift, you need to quit. You need to, uh, apply to somewhere. Do it, do it, man. Don't, don't let, money circumstances or current the current president yeah, or anything man. stop you from what you feel like you need to do to create because I am living proof that if you don't get get it out, if you don't create what you see in your head, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be depressed. Whatever you see in your head, get it out. I don't care if it's the dumbest idea you've ever had, just do it and you'll feel much better. Yeah. Now that's the in 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 on on top of that, man, just to kind of piggyback on what you just said, everything that I do, I try to make it a reflection of, 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 of who I am. So my videos and the character of my videos, I hope people receive them as what my character is as, as a person, right? So when I'm editing, I'm editing with my character in mind. Or um, when I'm shooting or when I'm out and about filming with other individuals I'm putting my best foot forward and I'm being who I am no matter where I am and I think that you know and you could probably attest to this man when I left the university I left a very very comfortable comfortable life right where I didn't really have to think about those things like who am I and how do I present myself? Of course I did, but I took it for granted because I would just go up and work on the, you know, nine to five and come home. Even though I was doing video production, I wasn't doing it right. with the gaze of understanding who I am. So immediately it heightened for me of 
who 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 are you, Brandon? Who are who 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 are the people that you want to be around? Who are or or what is the the effect that you want to leave? What is your legacy? And all those things come like and hit you tough. Right. And when you're working with other people, you slowly build a more comfortable understanding of who you are. And I would say that's the biggest reward. It's not the money. It's not the time. Definitely those things are great. And it, it, it it's, the, it's the experience too, but it's also being able to interpret and understand who you are because we're out here, man. And, and, and as an entrepreneur, you know, we, we don't have the corporate comfort of just being able to just be like, yeah, we're good. Right. We're either growing or failing. And even even with the, the quote unquote comfort, if you have a boss, there's nothing comfortable about that because he can <laughs> he can end, he can end that comfort quick. Like you can get that email or that yeah we're going to have to let you go talk and then then what then there's then you're back at square one and then you got to get uncomfortable again and figure out how that to is, manage. So you got one source of income coming in. I, I I couldn't I couldn't live that way anymore. And at all. And it's only I mean so it, it, one thing that. One thing that I think is necessary to say, too, is that this isn't for everyone at the same time. But it's not for me to tell you that it's not for you. Facts. You um, got to figure that out on your own. Exactly. So I know people who've, who've asked me questions about it and they've tried it. And then they just said, yo, it, it didn't work. And I was like, well, you know, it, it maybe wasn't for you. Or maybe you can try something else. But if you if you feel in your heart that it's not for you, then it's not for you. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day... I feel like you're naturally comfortable in certain situations. For me, I don't need to have a regular a regular paycheck and know where my money's going to come in the next four months. Because I know that I got people, and like how I said at the beginning, I've I've nurtured a network that is my foundation. So I don't have to worry about where my next job is going to come because something's always moving as long as I nurture that network. Um, and so... When it comes down to just really understanding how you um, operate as a human being, right? Because that's what matters most. Um, is this something that you think you can handle? Because, you know, a lot of people don't talk about mental issues when it comes to being a freelancer and entrepreneur. Right. So what is one strong tip you would give to a creative on nurturing their network? Um, the, 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 hmm, man, you, you hit me with some hard <laughs> questions, man. That, uh, I'm sure that's something that people would like to know. Yeah. I know, uh, people have email lists, but they don't really yeah use them or cater to them how they should or how, like, how do you know, how do you let your client or network know that they're special? Um, so I, I would say, uh, Networking is relationships, right? Facts. And with any relationship, whether it's with your mom, whether it's with your girl or guy, um, whether it's with you know a friend, a homie, they all have a foundational rule of respect, honesty, and just flat out communication, right? Um, and with those three things, I, I I noticed that as long as I'm doing that, sometimes it's hard conversations, right? Maybe maybe I messed up on on a on a video shot or something like that. I'm gonna tell them up front, like, hey, we didn't get this, but 
we're going to do this. And I come up with a solution. So integrity. Yeah. Yeah. So having that integrity, having that honesty, having that, having that, having that respect, it's, it it just comes fundamentally being human, being, being a good person. Right. Right. So it's like, you know, there's of course many avenues and many, many channels of, of doing it like social media or, 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 uh, you know, emailing and, and all those other vices, but I think fundamentally, on a human level, people vibe with you and people want to work with you if they can trust you, if they know that you that 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 you're there to do whatever it takes to 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 make that whatever they're doing succeed, right. and they know that you're you're on your you're, that that you're on their team and not you know just trying to come in and infiltrate and and destroy what they're doing. And uh, one one thing, um, a friend of mine, uh, Brittany, Brittany Mendoza, shout out to Encore Events, she uh, told me no, no, no matter what, no matter what the amount the client pays, no matter what you ask for, always give extra. Oh, yeah. Ne- never, never give them exactly what they ask for, always give them more. So I try to either pay attention or do small things for my clients, whether it be a handwritten letter and then mail it like that's so exactly. s- simple to do but Nobody's we're in the digital it. age everybody emails and stuff like that so getting a handwritten letter is probably big to some people but not to others uh, another thing is if i don't know if they paid for five edits I, I don't have a problem throwing in a six edit like it's not that big of a deal to me because i know the potential for that extra is what's going to bring them back for more so i would say give give extra Give extra time or stay a little bit longer. Like if they booked you for four hours, you can stay four hours and fifteen minutes. There's no, yeah. there's nothing you can get to in fifteen minutes that will make a big difference. Don't just be so focused on oh I have to be firm with my. Relax. We're we're humans. Things happen. Things run late. So that little leniency can make a difference in your next shoot, your next client, or your next wedding and stuff like that. Um, one more thing is um, far as my wedding clients I try to pay attention to the bride and the groom's likings whether it's a team or a fruit or something like that and then after the wedding I try to provide I don't know a keychain or a ticket or anything anything to go above and beyond well, because chill chill I'm telling I'm, this podcast I'm telling you, check just, you I'm giving y'all reasons of why hey, I've been able to be around for this long and not have heat, a job like I better that. take that in I ain't heard that one but you, you have to pay attention to whether their story or things that are important to them, because if you give them extra, they're definitely your future clients because married people have babies. They need family portraits. They need Christmas pictures. They need Easter pictures. And then they need graduation pictures. So basically just be kind to people and do extra. And I guarantee you, you'll get extra. And can I say this one thing? Absolutely. This is, this is, this is on my heart, man. <laughs> oh man, you about to tear up. This, this is on my heart. Nah, so, on. so and, and some people may disagree with what I'm about to say. So I'm about to put a disclaimer out there. Um, or I, I just did these are not the ideas of Zaire. <laughs> <laughs> I know you put your disclaimer too, but it's on the it's on the area of support, and I think that, um, and I started off like this, but I very quickly changed my mindset and. And it's the ability to understand that people are going to show support in different ways. Um, and the thing is, is no, 
if I see somebody writing something online as an entrepreneur saying that, man, nobody supports me, man, I'm out here, da 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 all that stuff, right? It looks it it looks to me that they're insecure about what they do, you know, um, and I think that us as entrepreneurs, um, freelancers, and or things of that nature, we have to really look at it as. And if I look at it from my perspective, it's this: my support is going to come from the people who I rock with. Everybody's not going to support me. You're going to have people out there that are going to say, what you're doing is ridiculous. You need a 401k. You need some you need some benefits. You need all of that. What you're going to do is what you're doing is fizzling out. It's going to fizzle out at one time. And that's perfectly fine. I don't listen to those things. But I've had entrepreneurs talk to me about, um, you know, I usually try to be like, yo, man, yeah, it's all about growth. It's all about growth. And they, the conversation always goes into, well, ain't nobody supporting me. First thing you got to support yourself. Right. You got to be out there, and you got to you got to you got to be out there with the weed whacker and cut through the weeds and and get through the snakes, get through the scorpions, get stung a couple of times, and then have that pathway cleared for other people to walk through with you. And then when you when you get people around you, and when you have when you have when you're supporting other people, and they're showing that support back, that's all you need. You don't need a hundred. 300, 5,000 supporters. Right. You really only need one. <laughs> Facts. You know what I mean? You don't need you don't need that many people in your life to be like what you're doing is dope. Tell yourself that. You're be confident in what you're doing and that's all that matters. So, I mean, I know that was a little bit of a rant and Nah, nah, you good cuz uh 10 lions over 100 sheep any day. So, yeah. Yeah, and so that comes in with confidence. Like once you put in your 10,000 hours in your craft, then you'll understand the level of confidence you'll have to where you'll turn down uh, clients or you'll know your worth because you've put in the work and invested in yourself as far as time and money. So you'll know once you reach the point of confidence to where it's like, okay, I'm not doing that. I'm not booking that. I'm not booking that headache. I'm not doing that. So yeah. Yeah. So that was a um, great, great conversation, I think. I think uh, if you didn't get anything from this episode, you are insane. Um, <laughs> but if you do have questions, please send them to doubleexposurepod at gmail.com and uh, let the people know what you have coming up and where they can find you and things of that nature. Yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate you having me come out and uh, do this. It was definitely a good experience. What I have coming up is just I'm, I'm i'm working on my instagram account really trying to get it uh more engagement on it and really working on my weakness which is social media i feel like my strength is networking but i need to get that full round experience for people to really see my work instead of it just being like in a my own little industry that i'm creating right so uh that's something that i'm working on you can follow me on instagram at create to relate, um, so it's C R E A T E two R E L A T E, and that's the number two. So create to relate. Um, I'm going to be posting a lot of little minute mini series videos, and I've already have a couple of those already. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a good year. And uh, like I said, man, de- definitely excited to continue working with this guy. 
Um, and yeah, Double Exposure, the best podcast. Nah, no, he said it, not me. <laughs> but no, that was the third episode of the Double Exposure podcast. Thank you all for listening. I promise the next episode will not take this long. But <laughs> until you hear my voice again, be great, my friends. Thank you.